So anyway, it's election night at the lodge, you know? And I'm running for president, see? So naturally, I vote for myself 12 times! <laughs> and still I come in third in politics. Go figure. Oh, have I mentioned my family yet? Banky Tank and Honkers? About 20 times in the last two minutes. Oh, good. Well, then you're gonna love this story. See what it is. So today, we kind of get Fenton Crackshell slash Gizmoduck. Not really, kind of, sort of, I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Welcome to the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. I'm your host, Will Santana, and... I'm Mike Russo, and I couldn't do a sit-up if my life depended on it. Now, I know you could do a sit-up, Mike. <laughs> um, at one point I could. You just need a little motivation. <laughs> but hey, Mike, um... When I went to Galaxy Con, I was able to get a, a short, quick interview with uh, Terry McGovern, a.k.a. our Launchpad McQuack. All right. All right. Uh, so without further ado, let's go ahead and get into that interview before we go ahead and review this episode. You, you ready to hear it? Yeah, awesome. Let's go. All right, let's go. Mr. Terry McGovern, take the floor. All right, I'm here with legendary Launchpad McQuack. That's right. He's, mm -hmm. Oh, wrong character. <laughs> That's right, buddy. Yeah, he says if he can fly it, he can crash it. Is I that can true? crash it. I just want to say uh, Will Santana is the thrill. He's Will the thrill. He has done uh, an awful lot for, uh, for us at, at the Comic-Cons. He comes along and he makes great videos for us and of us so we can kind of help promote ourselves. And the man is a wizard oh. at video and video editing. Oh, I appreciate that, Terry, man. Uh, first, how did you even get Launchpad? I, I know you. See, can, I, can you do a short version of I that? I don't see how any of this is your business, Will. Oh, it's not my business? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're getting, you know, start prying. Uh, okay. No, what was the question? Uh, how did you get Launchpad? How did you get that job? A strange, strange circumstance. Uh, so, I'm out on auditions. I was new in Los Angeles, and I drove them. The joke is everything's 45 minutes away in L.A. This was an hour and 45. I finally get to the place, and I'm there to interview for what I can't remember. And I see a stack of scripts of the word Disney on top. Mm -hmm. And so I go over, and if you're an actor, it's it's a, a, an advantage to be able to read upside down because mm -hmm. you can really get sneaky and look at scripts. <laughs> and I see it, it's an audition for DuckTales, a new Disney project that's going to be daytime, uh, weekend television. And they wanted a character called Lunchpad McQuack. And it says, as it often will in an audition sheet, we're looking for somebody who looks like so-and-so or sounds like somebody else. And this one said, the voice references were Jack Burns and John Ratzenberger. And Jack Burns was perhaps a little obscure for people, but I knew, knew his voice, and I knew Ratzenberger's mm -hmm. from Cheers. He was, uh, what was he, Charlie or Howie? I can't remember his name. He was the mailman. And I already 
had that in my repertoire. I knew how to do those voices. So I had to call my agent and say, please get me in here. And the agent said, you know, back off, Terry. Don't come on so strong. I said, no, I can do these voices. And he called the producer, and I was allowed to go in and audition. And it's the only time in my life where I ever looked up through the glass, mm-hmm. and you see the producers looking at each other going, that's it. <laughs> you know, it was like, <laughs> less work to do. And they cast me on the spot. And that's how it happened. By being a little pushy, mm-hmm. hey, wait a second. Let, you got to let me do that. Now, I know you can't remember every episode and stuff like that between DuckTales and Darkwing. There's over 191 if you combine them. Yeah. Now, did you feel a growth in reading the script on Launchpad? You know, I've learned more about Launchpad's growth from you and other people here at the GalaxyCon in Louisville mm-hmm. because you point out to me that he underwent a change. You know, I think part of the reason was that when I worked on DuckTales, I was living in Los Angeles. And then when DuckTales came along, I had, uh, I was just getting, in fact, I was just in the process of moving back home to San Francisco to work in radio. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get to work ensemble in Darkwing Duck like I did in DuckTales. Instead, I did phone patches. Oh, so okay. I wasn't with the gang. You know, I wasn't in a live uh, uh, environment with the other actors. DuckTales was... We sat around. We sat next to each other. And it was... I think there's a different vibe to that. At least for me, anyway. But you point out that uh, Darkwing somehow became a little more mature, a little... You're the expert. I don't remember. (laughs) I don't remember. Okay, now, this is my second time with you at a Comic-Con. Can you tell me what was it like working with Michael Bell? He's... He's got problems. <laughs> and, and, and Mikey, as we call him, sweet young Mikey. Uh, I really don't know if I should go into this on a nationally broadcast. He is the sweetest, most talented guy in the world. He's, you know, uh, and he's had such longevity. Do you know he's the parquet guy? No, I did not know that. Oh, you, he didn't tell you that? That's not like him to be modest. No, he wouldn't mention that. Uh, Every year in L.A. that I lived there, there was a rumor that the parquet contract was coming up. Michael Bell wouldn't be doing it anymore. And so hundreds of voice actors around L.A. were practicing butter. (laughs) Butter. And every year, Michael would sign the contract and do it again for another year. And his house in Hollywood, he calls Casa Parquet because of, of doing the, the, oh, the voice okay. of butter for Parquet all those years. And, and, and his talents are amazing. When he was a young leading man, he, you'll see him in Mary Tyler Moore show, Rhoda, uh, uh, a multi-talented, very nice man, very passionate about uh, our union, mm-hmm. you know, and, and kind of an activist uh, uh, in that regard. Now, as Launchpad, do you feel more people love Launchpad more on DuckTales or Darkwing Duck or is equal? First of all, again, I played the the character and I didn't know there was that much difference. If if you like DuckTales over uh, Darkwing Duck or vice versa, well, Mox Nicks to me, I'm in both of them. Yeah, do you feel like you get more fans though as DuckTales or Darkwing? Well, you were were with me all day today. All day today, I would say... Darkwing. It was definitely more Darkwing. At SAC Anime, it was kind of 50-50. Yeah? Yeah, I was definitely it? think Sack... Well, no, Sack Anime, because Katie Lee and Jim Cummings was there, 
You definitely had more Darkwing oh, fans. Oh, I think yeah. so. And, you know, Darkwing is the more dynamic show. It's <coughs> DuckTales is very wholesome, always good morals, mm-hmm. you know, good, good moral at the end of the story. But uh, Darkwing, you know, but Darkwing has Jim Cummings. And that makes all the difference. And it is an edgier show. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. because it's parodying the superhero, where DuckTales was just this domestic setting. <laughs> Boom. You, you were there. You were in the uh, McDuck household. All right. Last question, Terry, before I let you go. Do you have Disney Plus? No. And I believe me, I'll be getting it as soon as I get home. <laughs> you know, I actually, I, I mean, I read about it, heard about it, and didn't make it, you know, didn't make much notice of it. Uh, and then I started thinking, hey, maybe we'll get new checks. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear the news about Darkwing on Disney Plus? What? It was number two oh. trending in all of social media and number one for Disney Plus. Yeah, I did hear it. That's amazing. It's amazing that, that so it they got to reboot us. Hopefully, fingers crossed. <laughs> and use the cast, the original cast, not like they did before with Ducktales. All right. All right. Well, Terry, I appreciate this interview. I know you got to get back to signing autographs, and I really appreciate it, man. You are a good man, Will right. Santana. A fine man. Thank you very much for everything you do for us. Thank you, Terry. All right, so that was our interview with Terry McGovern. Uh, Mike, what did you think, man? He still got it, man. <laughs> it's kind of funny, though, how like when I interview them or just conversate with Katie, Terry, Michael Bell, and Jim, they don't recall the name of the episodes that well. You know, you kind of break, got to break it down a little bit, give them some more detail, you know? Well, when you do as much work as they do, you can't remember everything, of course. Oh, yeah, of course, man. 91 episodes of Darkwing. They got Gummy Bears, G.I. Joe, uh, Star Wars. They're all over the place, man. Yeah, not everyone can name every Darkwing Duck episode from memory like I can. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even name them all. (laughs) I'm not even exaggerating. I can actually do that. Oh, wow. Yep. So so you're like one of those... For Darkwing people, you're like one of those Star Wars fans who knows the name of every ship, all the planets. Except when I don't. <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a Darkwing Duck savant. It's it's a little sad. And you're like that with Godzilla, right? <laughs> yes, like that with Godzilla as well. Okay. I know with Transformers, I'm pretty good. The problem is there's just so many Transformers. I, I can't name them all right off the bat, but, you know, give me some time to think. I might screw a few up here and there, but for the most part, I'm pretty good with Transformers, man. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it's like that with Star Wars fans, too. Oh, how yeah. Could you, how can you possibly know everything? All right, so, Mike, what episode are we reviewing today, man? You sweat your life. You sweat your life. You got uh, mixed feelings about this one, or you, you kind of a thumbs up, thumbs down type mm. of guy on this one? Not very high on my favorite favorites list. The only thing that really makes this one worth watching is the fact that it's a good episode for Herb Muddlefoot. It is. Uh, I do like Binky. I know earlier before we started recording, you said Binky's not really on there on this episode. I agree with you, but I kind of like how Binky is treated in this episode. And I'll get into that as we go further along on the review. Yeah, I support that. Okay. And we, uh, get, um, we got one really good uh, guest voice actor in this one. Yeah, I kind of spoiled that at the beginning. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Just a little. Just a little bit? All right, so Mike, uh, name the episode, and what's our air date and production order? Okay, so again, You Sweat Your Life. You know, I, I, know, I know where that title comes from. Um, <laughs> you know, the old Groucho uh, um, game show, You Bet Your Life. So You mm-hmm. Sweat Your Life. Um, the original air date, now we are in the fourth Disney afternoon week 
for that year. And this is going to be the very last week where every episode, all five episodes are new. Okay. So this is the last time we have five episodes in a row from the weekdays. After this, we're going to have a little bit more staggered between Saturday morning and uh, weekday episodes. So oh, this, so so next um, I didn't mean to cut you off, but next week it'll be like Disney afternoon, and then the mixed day starting reruns. Is that yeah, what happened? Yeah, after these five episodes and the Saturday morning one, uh, the rerun started. Okay. So we're never gonna have five full days of Disney afternoon episodes ever again. We'll have like two or three, and then Saturday morning, or one or two, and then Saturday morning. By the fi- by, the fourth or fifth week of most uh, weekday shows, they started showing reruns. It was okay. good while it lasted, but you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this one aired Monday, September 30th, 1991. Almost done with September. Woohoo. And uh, this one was 10th in production order, which puts it in like the company of episodes like Getting Antsy, Apes of Wrath, Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlatan. You kind of know where I'm going with this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of in the neighborhood of those episodes where uh, not that great, not that good, not terrible, but you know. It's a really early Sunwoo episode. That's, you know, that's all I can really say about it. Um, our story editors are Carter Crocker and Bruce Talkington. I know we talked about both of those. Mm-hmm. And it was written by Marion Wells. We talked about that writer when um, we talked about Easy Come, Easy Grows. And also Julia Jane Leewald, who also wrote Trading Faces with Dev Ross. So we talked about all of those writers and story editors already. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the animation studio is once again Sun Wu. We're gonna we're gonna get a bit of Sun Wu this week. Sun Wu's okay. in the next four episodes. Sun Wu is decent. Yeah, this one I can't think of much standout animation. You're always able to pull something well that you well that you liked. Yeah, but uh, I, I got one. I got one. You do have one. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so at least there's something in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I might even know where you're going with it. Maybe we agree. <laughs> um, okay, so there we go. So. Without any further ado, honestly, let's just start talking about the episode. All right. The episode begins with them uh, with Flex and Slim. They're pulling a heist. Okay. Flex and Slim. These are our, two of our three villains. Um, Flex, we've talked about this voice actor before. He was voiced by Rob Paulson. All right. Rob, still beat. Yep. I, don't, I wouldn't say it's one of his most distinctive voices. In fact, it was a few years before I realized that was actually him. Yeah, I didn't know it was him um, either. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Hey, it's Rob. It's nice that he's doing other voices besides Steelbeak. Not one of his better ones, but he's fine. Love Rob. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. And Slim is voiced by Brenda Vaccaro. And, um, oh, old-time actress. She was born in 1939, and she's Ooh. most famous for starring in Midnight Cowboy mm. uh, 1969. Not a lot of cartoons, cartoon work, mostly um, in front of the camera. Um, the only other Disney thing she did, I mean, most voice actors we talk about ended up doing a ton of Disney afternoon shows. She only did a minor character in a later Goof Troop episode. That's it. Um, the only other major cartoon character she voiced is Johnny Bravo's mom. Mm. So other than that, her career was mostly live action. She's still active. Mm -hmm. So good for her. I think she's in her eighties, 80. She's actually 80 this year. Oh, wow. So um, she's pretty decent as Slim. Neither Flex or Slim are really interesting characters, I'd say. But um, Brenda Vaccaro and Rob Paulson, they, they bring something to the table. Um, so, yeah, they're in a museum. They're after, um, they're after something. We're not told what it is right away. Yeah. Now, one thing real quick, uh, Mike. Is Slim yeah. actually Slim? 
<laughs> no, slim is not slim. And, and flex doesn't flex. Yeah, it doesn't flex at all. <laughs> yeah, flex is a big, skinny, goofy dog. He's a bit of a dingus. And um, slim's the brain. She's a short. Uh, she's a short dog as well. Um, definitely the brains of the two of them for sure. Um, she kind of has a mob beagle thing going on a little bit. Yeah. Not not quite though. Okay, and well, um, so yeah, our heroes are nearby. Yeah, they're nearby. They're pulling the hikes and they're looking for a feather. Yes, a feather. Um, <laughs> the feather from Mel the Conqueror, apparently um, an ancient hero. They need this feather for something. The boss needs a feather. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that later. What what the we feather's for? Don't know who the boss is. We don't know what the feather's for, but that's their mission. And then we get a DW entrance. Quick, yep, right, right away. It's been a while since we got an entrance this fast. Mm-hmm. Um, today it's. I am the metal key on the sardine can of justice. So nothing relevant this time, um, but still funny. Launchpad's there too. Let's not get too, let's not get too used to launchpad though in this one. At all, man. It kind of sucks, but in a way, I like it because we benefit from other characters. Uh, him kind of getting out of the way. Right. This is gonna happen the next time Herb gets a starring role. Launchpad shows up and then disappears. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I don't think I've ever mentioned uh, one of Darkwing's quirks that's so popular, but I don't think we've ever even talked about it even once. Alliteration. Mm-hmm. How often he does that. Um, you know, saying a sentence where every word begins with the same letter. Mm-hmm. And um, like his first line of dialogue is clearly the crafty criminals committing the crime wave. Oh, wow. And then later he says, there's the barbell that, barbar- that barbarous baboon bashed me with. <laughs> um, he does it a lot in the comics, like a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I think he does it more in the older episodes, like the later ones. I don't think he really does that as much. Um, so yeah, what's going on now, Will? What happens? What's the confrontation like? Um, they threw. I'm trying to remember what they threw at Launchpad, and Launchpad was like, oh, they threw the helmet. They yeah, threw the helmet. Yeah. Throws the helmet at him. Yeah, and Launchpad yeah, they, catches it. He he catches it, but he catches it like near the edge of the window and. Darkwing says, good help is hard to find, so he's got to go save him. <laughs> and as Darkwing bends down to get Launchpad, uh, Slim throws a barbell at him, knocks yeah, him right in the butt. Right in the butt. <laughs> and uh, the two of them fall out the window, as they usually do. They bounce off a flagpole right back into the museum, but the villains are gone. Yeah, they're gone. And then um, I'm Darkwing, trying to remember. Darkwing needs a clue. He wants to know like, what yeah, they're he after. Wa- and then uh, Lunchpad tells him, you have a clue right near you. It's closer than you know. Yeah, it's on his rear end. <laughs> right on his butt. It's the logo for Jock Newbody's Helen Hardy House of Health, which is, it's kind of like the Ghostbuster logo. It's like a red circle with a, a slash through a, a fat pig eating a sandwich, I think. Can you say the name of the place again? One more time? No problem. Yeah. Jock Newbody's Helen Hardy House of Health. That's very important because I never heard the name again because they never named the villain after that. They just referred yeah. to him as boss. Yeah, <laughs> I think at one point Darkwing calls him Jocko. Mm-hmm. But this is the if you do not if you weren't paying attention in this scene, you do not know what the villain's full name is. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting though. And Jock Newbody, um, I'm pretty sure the whole thing is just a play on Jack Lelane. <laughs> right wouldn't you say yeah. I think that's probably what that's what they're going for here um so yeah we um we actually cut to uh the health spa where um 
Flex and Sw- Slim wake up, uh, wake up Jock. Mm-hmm. He's a really, really decrepit old man. I forget how old uh, Slim says he is. 117, something like that, she says. Yeah, but he, he looked pretty in good shape for someone that old, though. Yeah, they don't draw him as decrepit as I think they probably should have to get the mm-hmm. idea across. But um, the, it is a pretty funny joke how uh, Slim tells Flex to wake him up softly like his mother used to. Mm-hmm. And, and then Flex screams into his bedroom. Um, so anyway, here's Jacques Newbody. And yeah. he's voiced by Hamilton Camp. All right. I can't believe we've gone this far before even mentioning Hamilton Camp. Um, he's no longer with us, and I'm rest actually pretty up- yeah, rest in peace. I'm actually pretty upset about that. Um, but he lived a long life, 1934 to 2005. Get this, his earliest work was in 1946. Oh wow! So he was working well, he goes, like at 12. He goes back. His filmography is huge, and I'm going to spare you guys all the details. Just you know, IMDb it. <laughs> but um, his earliest voiceover work was in 81, and almost that entire decade was spent over at Hanna-Barbera. Not the most glorious work, but in the 80s, you take what you can get. Yeah. Uh, Smurfs, Yogi Bear, Scooby-Doo, and this guy has the most distinctive voice. No matter who he is playing, you know this is Hamilton Camp. Yep. He just has this voice about him that's just un- unmistakable. And his very first Disney role is his most popular Disney role. Uh, I know you love that role. I love this role. In 1989, he provided the voice for Gizmoduck. <laughs> and we are two episodes away from Gizmoduck. So Spoiler. we're going to hear lots more of Hamilton Camp. Mm-hmm. And um, lots of cartoon work from that moment on. Lots, you know, lots more from Disney at that since DuckTales, he popped up in a little bit of everything. Tailspin, he was a recurring villain on Aladdin. Uh, lots and lots of cartoons, along with on-camera work. Um, and he worked until the very end. 2005, he just kept going. Um, real you know, quick, I, Mike. Real yes. quick, Mike. Why, why are you such a huge Gizmo Duck fan? Oh, my God. Um, I just, I love the character. I love the design. I love Camp's voice work. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think my favorite DuckTales episodes may be those later episodes, but there's just something about the character that registered with me. And you uh-huh. know what? I'm going to shut up right now because I'm going to save this until we actually see okay. Gizmoduck two episodes from now. Why Fair spoil enough. it now? We'll, okay. we'll discuss Gizmoduck as much as we can when we get to him. Okay, fair enough, but fair any, enough. Because this anyway, is not a Gizmo Duck episode, yeah. No, it is not. But fair whenever, enough. whenever Camp, whenever Jock Newbody talks, you don't hear Gizmo Duck, but you definitely hear shades of Fenton. You yeah, hear you it. Definitely hear Fenton. <laughs> yeah, like I said, Hamilton's voice is unmistakable. Okay, okay. Just last, like, last Gizmo Duck question, real quick. This sure, is not, go for not, it. Not going deep. New Gizmo Duck or old Gizmo Duck? Old Gizmo Duck, but I will All tell right. you, I actually like what Lin Manuel Miranda brings to the character. They can't okay. get camp, obviously he's gone, so I'm actually totally okay with what they're doing on the new show. But the old Gizmo Duck is my jam. So let's keep going. Yeah, let's um, move on. Okay, uh, where we left off, we we met Jock. Um, oh, then we get back to uh, the Mallards. Yeah, well, Jock is actually before we get there, Jock is actually really really aggravated that the two of them uh, lost the feather he wanted. Yeah, he rants about his wrinkles and stuff, and that he really needs that feather from a hero. Yeah, he. I think he does tell them at this point what his plan is, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. He's making an elixir of immortality. He's basically yep. a fountain of youth. But we don't see it yet. He just Not mentioned it at yet. this point. 
but he needs the feather. It's the key ingredient from a true and pure hero. Mm-hmm. And the um, and Flex and Slim mentioned that Darkwing Duck botched the job, <laughs> so he knows that Darkwing Duck's going to show up sooner or later. Yeah. So, so all they have to do is wait for him to show up. Okay, now let's get back to suburbia. Okay, now we're at the Mallards, mm-hmm. and Darkwing plans on making his trip. And his lunchpad, lunchpad was in the scene, wasn't he? He's helping him put his uh, yeah, luggage he, in the back of the car. So okay, so this is the last of Launchpad. I don't think Launchpad says a word, though. No, nah, he doesn't. He was just helping him load the vehicle up and stuff, right? Yeah, but Drake does explain that taking Launchpad along is too big of a risk because he's specifically going incognito. But Binky overhears Drake's conversation with Launchpad. Yeah, because Binky got a three-for-one coupon for the health <laughs> spa. So she's taking it upon herself to invite her her, her and her along. Oh, yeah. And that road trip, though, man. Woo, I feel bad for Drake. <laughs> you know, Susan Tolsky, she's really getting the workouts, trying to sing. Um, Is she singing Bottles of Beer? Is that what she says? I she don't. Was, she was singing Bottles of Beer. <laughs> but she is she is screeching that song. And, of course, you got Herb. They're oh. all in the front. They're all in the front of the car. I don't know how they all fit. Well, and... Herb was, like, in the back seat, but he was, like, is in the he... middle. Yeah, he was leaning over. Because Herb wanted... won't. Yeah, he wants Drake to see those photos and everything. <laughs> yeah, Herb won't shut up. <laughs> yeah, poor Drake. Yeah, it's a long road trip. We find out at the end how long that road trip is, too. That's funny. It's like 13, 15 hours, something like that. So, yeah, yeah. having having driven that long in the past, I couldn't be in the car that long with Herb and Binky. <laughs> anyway. Um, let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. So they get to the health spa, and so, yeah, <laughs> they t- – I want to say something before we start. Yeah, sure. Um, go ahead. Well, uh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm going to let you go on with that. This is something that I really enjoy about this episode. Because when they first get to the health spa, Binky is showing her her stereotype 60s apron. I'm a housewife clothes on that she always wears in the episode. Right. But then we, for the first time, we see her in a different outfit. We finally see her in a workout outfit. Yeah, her as well. Yeah, Herb as well. He he no longer ha- has on that watermelon shirt. <laughs> yeah, his crazy Hawaiian shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a Disney afternoon show, um, Hawaiian shirts were pretty popular. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Louis, Dale, they all wear they all wore Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. Um. Anyway, um. So yeah, they get into workout clothes, and Flex and Slim are just basically waiting for one of them. Basically, what Slim Slim says, they have to check up on the three of them and. If one of them isn't where they're supposed to be, when they're supposed to be, that one's Darkwing Duck. Yeah, that one's Darkwing. Because Jock, as we said earlier, Jock wants Darkwing's feather. Yes, because Darkwing's a hero. Mm -hmm. And Herb's already ready to call it quits. He wants out. Herb doesn't like working out. Yeah, he's struggling. Um, (laughs) If I was as big as Herb, I'd be struggling too. Um, (laughs) He's lovably roly-poly. And... um, but Darkwing decides to make his appearance. And did you notice he does a, um, he goes, duck, Darkwing, duck, which is a little, you know, callback to the 00 duck thing. Yeah, James Double Bond. O, 007 reference. And um, mm-hmm. I skipped right over a Herb line. I just really needed to repeat. Go for it. When they, when they get out of the car, Herb says the air is not nearly so chunky as we got back home. <laughs> Chun- chunky air. Uh, and, oh, here we go. Theme song scene. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The the trampoline. 
Yeah, as he's fighting Slim and Flex, he jumps off a trampoline and they bonk heads together. Yeah, we finally get that one. How many we got left? We don't have much left, do we? We got one immediate one coming up, and the last couple of shots after that are from an episode that was delayed by months. So we get basically one more after this for the okay. for the foreseeable future. Okay. So we're almost done. Look at that. <laughs> um. So Darkwing. So Darkwing escapes Flex and Slim, and he gets distracted by a stumbling suburbanite. Yeah. And that's um that's poor Herb trying to escape. Yeah, he's trying to get out of there. Yeah, he wants <laughs> out, and he's being chased by a Doberman. Yeah, he he also tries to uh, jump over the electrical fence. <laughs> yeah, and can I say I love the way that Doberman is drawn. He looks really good and fierce. Mm-hmm. They had Dobermans who looked just like that in Rescue Rangers, another Tad show. So if it works, why not reuse it? And uh, so Darkwing saves Herb. They get shocked with the electric fence. And their wrist weights get fused together. Somehow. Yeah. I don't... Yeah. yeah, Flex and Slim, though, they got Herb's feather in the pro- in that process, though. They do. They snatch Herb's feather. Not Darkwings. Bring... <laughs> no, they bring it to Jock. They put it in the elixir. And you know what? I will say this. The transformation scenes is the one bit of animation I really like in this one. Mm-hmm. Like the lighting when the characters transform. Um, but I guess it's not yours because you're not agreeing with me. so yeah so jock drinks the elixir and gets all fat with a green hawaiian shirt just like uh herb yeah and he says he feels like bowling yeah he he felt like bowling because he didn't he pick up like her's personality um well he definitely picks up his weight yeah he picked up his weight and his shirt yeah and (laughs) and the sandals yeah oh yeah he did have the sandals on too that's right so he realizes um nope wrong feather and drinks the antidote, turns back to normal, and sends the two of them back off to find Darkwing's feather. So meanwhile, then, this, yeah, meanwhile, meanwhile, yeah, D, D, DW and Herb, they're trying to get those um those uh, wrist weights off. Do you know what it reminds me of? What's that? Roger Rabbit, when Roger and Eddie Valiant are trying to get the handcuffs off. Oh yeah, you know, because at first he was trying to chisel it, and then the chainsaw. That was the scene I was talking about where I really liked the animation with the chainsaw and all that. You know? Oh yeah, I it, see it. Yeah, I see it. that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I love the scene mainly because uh, just this run of dialogue that uh, Jim's got as Herb, mm-hmm. and Herb's just has got this motor mouth thing going. He just won't shut up. Yeah. And um, I'd like to say it was probably ad lib, but I've heard that general they don't do the ad libs for this for the Disney afternoon shows. But I'm pretty sure you know Jim took some of that dialogue and twisted it to make it funnier. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's 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 funny. Um, yeah. But while they're trying to get the the um the wrist weights off, uh, the dog shows up again. Um. Does it? Yeah, it showed up again. But then we get a cut scene. And it goes to Binky. Yeah, because Herb keeps worrying about Binky. Yeah. I got I to say this about Herb. He really loves his wife. Yeah, she gets a quick cutscene. It's not long or nothing, but she's getting a manicure. <laughs> she's never gotten one before. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to see what she's doing. I would have liked to have seen more shots of Binky just going about her day at the health spa. Yeah. Like, this is the only one we get. That would have mm-hmm. been, been fun. But, like, yeah. I like, um, <laughs> I like when uh, Herb mentions a mackerel. And Darkwing mm-hmm. hears the dog, and he goes, what was that? And Herb goes, mackerel, it's a fish, sort of. <laughs> so, no, the two of them are captured because, you know, they're stuck together. They can't really do anything. Yeah, and 
Jock finally gets DW's feather. Yup, he gets the feather. He becomes this uh, nice, strong, uh, massive muscle. Not too muscular, you know, but yeah. still strong. Oh yeah, that chest was rock solid when DW tried to kick it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and um, so we get a workout death workout workout room death trap. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna mention though we haven't gotten to the episode yet, but they've actually done this before in in like Blunt. Mm-hmm. Um, the death you know the, the workout room death trap. It's better yeah. in that episode. I will say that it's better in that episode. But in this one, at least Jock's plan makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's got them. You know, he's got Darkwing hanging by his feet, and he's basically just got Herb reclined. So Herb can't go anywhere because he's basically too heavy to do a sit-up. Okay. So they're stuck. <laughs> so they're stuck. And he has his bomb set up. He has it on a timer so he can load up the elixir and leave. It's actually a credible reason for a villain to walk away before the good guy is killed. Mm-hmm. I will give it that. You know, like most of these shows – the uh the bad guy just leaves. Yeah. At least at least here it makes sense. But this guy is so ruthless. He locks Flex and Slim in a locker. Yeah. He he, he, <laughs> he showed him no love right there. Yeah. He does not even want them coming with him. But DW he wants to, he okay. wants to keep the the formula a complete secret. Yeah. But then DW comes up with a plan for them to escape. But he needs Herb's help. Yeah. Herb has to do a sit up. Just and one. And that's what Herb says. I couldn't do a sit-up if my life depended on it. Yeah. And Darkwing reminds him, it, it kind of does depend on it. Yeah, and he, so. he tries to motivate him by telling him, just pretend there's that big, fat, juicy burger on there. That doesn't work. No, but then um, Herb mentions Binky, and Darkwing yeah. says, do it for Binky. Yep, and uh, he finally found the motivation, because he's been blabbering about how much he loves Binky this whole episode. Right, and he does it. And he says he hopes he never has to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he struggled to get that one sit up in, but he got it. Yep. And you know, bears repeating, they're still they're still basically handcuffed together with those wrist weights. Yeah. And then uh, they go back to after Jock. Yeah, but Jock's still still too strong for them. Yeah. Um. You notice when he grabs Darkwing's foot and smushes it, like the individual toes pop out. Mm-hmm. And each of them has like a toenail on them. <laughs> I find that like a really weird drawing right there. <laughs> I think those are supposed to be toenails. I don't even know what those are supposed to be. Um, and what's interesting about this part, though, Herf uh, gets a little courage in him. Yeah. You know what? When you awake the beast in Herb Muddlefoot, you got to look out. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't happen very often, but when Herb gets mad, fella, you better watch out. Um, <laughs> as Herb would say. Um, so... Actually, Herb takes the initiative, and all three of them crash into the elixir. Mm-hmm. And so we they get, all we get baby ones. <laughs> we get baby ones. And I gotta say, baby DW and baby Herb are adorable, especially those little like those little like curly hairs on Herb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you catch what Darkwing says? Oh, what did he say at first? King Gear. King Gear? That's Goslin's catchphrase. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Come on, man. But I thought it was just funny though because like he had the diaper with the the the, ba- the baby pin, the, the big <laughs> you know? safety pin, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're um since they're smaller the um the wrist weights pop out. Oh yeah, fine. yeah, it just slides right off. Yeah, and Darkwing says, "Keen gear, I'm free." <laughs> um. So yeah, but um before 
Jock can drink the antidote. Along comes Flex and Slim because Slim knew the combination in the locker. Yeah. Okay, clever. At least they explain it. And she grabs Darkwing and Jock. And then along comes Baby Herb with the bomb <laughs> and uh, blows everybody up. <laughs> and Flex and Slim fall into the elixir too when that happens and they turn into babies. Mm-hmm. And so DW and Herb drink the antidote, turn back to normal. And they lock all three of them up in a baby crib. Yep. And Darkwing says to Jock, perhaps when you get out, you'll be old enough to vote again. Yeah. What's cool about this scene, though, Darkwing finally shows his gratitude toward Herb. You know, that was nice of him. Yeah. He finally showed him some love. Yeah. Um, I and think then, they do... Go, go on. No, go no, on. no. You go. I, I was no, going to change to the I, next scene. Go for it. Go for it. I think they do that better in The Merchant of Menace. The, the other Herb one where he stars in it, because mm-hmm. um, it was a later one, so I guess their relationship was stronger. But it is very nice that he can he at least. But it's almost kind of begrudgingly. He says it really fast and then kind of walks away as fast as he could. Like he doesn't want to be anywhere near Herb. Yeah, he you know, kind of he, he still thanks him though. Yeah, he kind of did that with Launchpad too when he finally showed Launchpad uh, gratitude and waterways to go. Yeah, but he's like, "Thank you for saving my life, Herb." Yeah, and he just but, walks away. So it's not too sincere, but you know he he at least says it. Yeah, but after he shows the gratitude, we get Binky again. Yeah, and look at Binky. Man, Binky look fly. <laughs> look, at, look at that hair, looking good. Herb uh, doesn't even recognize her. Hair, her nails all done, new outfit. She looking like uh Sandy from Greece, man. <laughs> not the last one though. Nah. She's back in the apron the next time we see her. And then um, uh, Drake shows back up. Yeah, Drake just walks in. And um, <laughs> the funniest thing with Herb, if anybody should know the difference between Darkwing Duck and Drake, if anybody should know they're the same person, it should be Herb. Um, <laughs> but of course he doesn't, you know. And uh, basically, Drake is going to spend the next 15 hours hearing all about Herb's adventure. Oh, yeah. And then Herb, Herb, Herb reminds him how long this drive. It's going to be a long trip. All right. You know, it's it's funny though. I will say one thing. It's interesting how Darkwing addresses Herb when he's Darkwing. Like he does not call him Herb for the most part. He calls him Mr. Muddlefoot. Mm-hmm. It's almost it's almost like he's covering his bases by addressing him differently than he would if he was Drake, because of course Darkwing would not be that formal with him, that informal with him. You know? Mm-hmm. And anyway, so yeah, that's You Sweat Your Life. And you can tell by the way we breezed right through it. It's an okay episode. I wouldn't I wouldn't really recommend it unless you really love her muddlefoot. Okay, so what would you give this? Uh, how many gas gun canisters are you give in this episode? Two. Two? Yeah, because it's, it's – when you put it all together with all the other episodes, it really does get buried. Okay. You know, because there's so many better ones. So it's it's an early one. I'll just give it two. Um, its strengths are Herb and Hamilton Camp's voice work. Yeah, I, I'll give you. I'll agree with you on that. Um, I think I'm gonna give it a two and a half. I'm gonna give it two just based on the episode itself. It's not. It's you can't really compare it with the with the great episodes. Right. But I'm I'm gonna give it an extra half because of the herb in the binky pool. You know, right. it's, it's it gives you a little something different, but it's not something you will want every time. You know. No, I mean let's face it. Me and you both love the muddlefoots, mm-hmm. but sometimes they're not gonna single handedly save an episode. Oh, of course not. <laughs> yeah, I mean there are much better herb appearances, even cameos 
some herb appearances are better than this. But this is an early one. I feel like this is really the first episode where they're saying, let's do something with the Muddlefoots. I mean, it's mm -hmm. so early. Tenth in production order. Okay. It's like this is really the first one where they're like, let's let's experiment with these characters. It's going to get better. Herb and, Herb and Binky do get better. But this is still worth watching if you like these characters, obviously. But now, two, how, now yeah. how are we scoring the villains? Are we doing all three of them or just Jock? Let's just do all three of them. You want to do the all three? In the end, they're in the end they're basically a trio in my eyes. Okay, so what's your what score are you giving all three of them together? I'm gonna throw an additional half star. I'll give them two and a half. I think a lot of that is basically for Hamilton Camp. I think if it was a lesser voice actor. Mm -hmm. I, I think I'd I think I'd rate them even lower mm -hmm. because Flex is completely forgettable, even with Rob Paulson. And yeah. even, you know, a slim would be too. I think Brenda Vaccaro's voice makes her somewhat interesting, but mm -hmm. even she's forgettable. And as a character, so is Jock. It's just Hamilton Camp brings that brings something to the role. Okay. If he if he wasn't doing the voice, I'd probably just give him the one or a one and a half. See, I'm gonna give them a two because of uh, Hamilton Camp. Like, I I'm not giving them a two and a half like you did. I'm gonna go down just a half a notch. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of all three of them, but Hamilton Camp, he had a few lines in there that kind of like stick out a little bit, you know. Um, I feel like I feel like Camp enjoys whatever role he's doing. You mm -hmm. can just tell in the way he's doing the voices, you know. Yeah, but the, it's not his fault the character wasn't all that impressive, and you know, no. Flex and yeah, Flex and Slim, they're just lackeys, you know. Yeah, you know what? They're up there with Lilliput and Trench Rot as just these totally forgettable early characters that you don't hear anybody ever talk about. Okay. Oh yeah, and the and the king, because we uh, love the king, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Mike, that's you sweat your life. What yep. we got next? I don't know. There's some episode coming up with some jester thing that you seem to like for some reason. It's playtime! <laughs> oh, no, you know, you know what? It's, and I'm not just saying that because you love Quacker Jack. This is mm -hmm. a milestone episode. We're oh, finally yeah. getting past like those early villains. I mean, Megavolt, Bushroot, Steelbeak, Tuscanini, these are all like original early villains. Once we hit Quacker Jack, I feel like the show hits this new high. Basically, oh, yeah. <laughs> it gets this other plane once Quacker Jack shows up, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like this episode, the episode we're talking about, Days of Blunder, I will, we'll talk about it when we get there, is not Quacker Jack's first episode, mm -hmm. but it's important that it's still his first aired episode. It's a big one, it, it's not his first, but it's a big one. It's a big I, one for you. We're going to have a lot to talk yes. about. So, yeah. I got, got to, I got a lot to say about episodes. that episode. <laughs> yeah, it's a decent one. It's it's not the best Quacker Jack, but it's a landmark because it's the first one with him that aired. Yeah. So we'll have more to say about that one than we ever did with this one. Uh, I just want to keep talking about Quacker Jack right now. <laughs> well, soon, soon, guys. Oh, and you know what? I should have mentioned it before. Mm -hmm. Did you know that Binky is prettier than a four cheese pizza at the Bowl and Brie? <laughs> i wrote it down in my notes but i never said it i should have said it earlier it said that that's herb's bar oh basically. okay no that's herb's like that's herb's, herb's barometer for attractiveness if you're <laughs> as pretty as a four cheese pizza at a bowling alley that's like that's the ultimate compliment for her muddle foot uh, <laughs> i don't think my wife would like it if i told her that though um but anyway yeah that's you sweat your life and i guess we're done um 
Okay, well, but yeah, but before we wrap this up, let me just give my shout out. Uh, I like oh, to give a sh- yeah, I want to give a shout out to this episode to Glenn Norman, Damgard Anderson. I'm so sorry if I mispronounced that middle name. That seems to be a thing, huh? All these names we have a hard time pronouncing. We're yeah. sorry if we get them wrong, guys. <laughs> but I've noticed a lot of them have been like showing love and appreciating the shout outs I've been giving them. So that's kind of cool. Yes. they When the episodes do drop, they always seem to notice. And thank you, guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, not every name could be Will Santana or Mike Russo, but, you know, we love you guys anyway. <laughs> yeah. So that's my shout out for this episode. Uh, Mike, where can they check out the podcast? Oh, let's see. Uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Devices, Pocket Cast, uh, Radio Public, YouTube, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I got them all. Yeah, and I think so too. Our Facebook group, St. Bernard Files, Darkwing Duck Podcast, of course. Head over there, like and comment. There are vis- there's a visitor section too. Um, we also yeah. have an Instagram page too, St. Bernard yes. Files. Yes, one day I will go on that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, uh, gotta love yes. gotta love social media. All right, um, so that's it for you sweat your life. And next week we got days of blunder, crackerjack yeah. time, y'all. Join us for <laughs> a big one, guys. And we, you know, we hope you enjoyed the interview with Terry. Yeah, definitely, man. And uh, we got a special treat for them on the next one too with crackerjack, don't we? I think we do. Yeah, we're not gonna give it away yet. A but... little one, but we got something. <laughs> a little one. Yeah. A little taste, a little, you know, a little teaser, a little something. I'll give them one clue. For those who've been listening to the podcast, I'm going to do backflips when I hear it. <laughs> yeah, well, there we uh, go. Yeah. And anyway, so you guys have a good night. Stay dangerous and um, do some sit-ups once in a while. <laughs> Stay dangerous, y'all. Good night. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>